Good morning. Will you please join me in our prayer of illumination? Let us pray. God of all hope, peace, love, and joy, send your spirit to this place to bless our reading of your word, that it may be a lamp to our feet and a light unto our path. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Today's gospel reading comes from Mark, the first chapter, verses 1 through 8. Listen now for God's word to you. The beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as it is written in the prophet Isaiah, See, I am sending my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him, were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair, with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. He proclaimed, The one who is more worthy than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The passage that Jim just read from the beginning of the Gospel of Mark makes specific reference to the following passage from the 40th chapter of Isaiah. We will read verses 1 through 11 from that 40th chapter. Listen now for the word of God to the church on this second Sunday of Advent. Comfort, O comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that she has served her term, that her penalty is paid, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice cries out, in the wilderness prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up and every mountain and hill be made low. The uneven ground shall become level, and the rough places a plain. Then the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all people shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice says, cry out. And I said, what shall I cry? All people are grass. Their constancy is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades when the breath of the Lord blows upon it. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers, the flower fades. But the word of our God will stand forever. Get you up to a high mountain, O Zion, herald of good tidings. Lift up your voice with strength, O Jerusalem, herald of good tidings. Lift it up, do not fear. Say to the cities of Judah, here is your God. 
See, the Lord God comes with might and his arm rules for him. His reward is with him and his recompense before him. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms and carry them in his bosom and gently lead the mother sheep. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. There is a familiar blessing that, according to my Irish sister-in-law, is something seen more frequently on tea towels or in gift shops than it is heard in a church. However, these old words speak a truth and a hope that is strong enough to abide in all those places and countless more. These words are uttered at weddings, sometimes at funerals, but their truest context is the onset of some kind of journey. The words are a Celtic bon voyage, but one that is rooted in faith. And I expect that you have heard them before. May the road rise up to meet you. May the wind always be at your back. May the sun shine warm upon your face and the rain fall soft upon your fields. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of his hand. Like the faith of the Old Testament patriarchs and the Hebrew prophets, the Celtic spirituality of the old British Isles is grounded in the elemental reality of earth, the soil, the rain, planting and harvest and the changing of the seasons With its language of wind and rain and sunshine and planted fields, this old blessing remains rooted in the biblical claim that we, as God's people, come from the dust of the earth, and that in the end, to dust we shall return. And again, like the Old Testament, it recognizes that the life of faith is a journey, a cycle through stages of bondage. Wilderness, wandering, moments of clarity, and finally arrival in safe harbors and peaceful promised lands. Prophet Isaiah speaks a powerful word to those of us on this journey of faith. Without getting too deep into the academic language of historical critical study, Most scholars believe that the one long biblical book that bears the prophet Isaiah's name is actually three separate books from three separate eras. First 39 chapters speak to Israel before the age of conquest. Things are not looking good in the 8th century before Christ. Invading armies are looming. Spiritual faithfulness is lagging. And the prophet speaks a word of warning to God's people. The second session, section known as Deutero-Isaiah, or Second Isaiah, begins with the words that we just read this morning. Chapter 40 through 55, 40s, chapters 40 through 55 arise out of exile, the early part of the 6th century B.C. And as we have heard powerfully, they speak of comfort a promise of hope and help that is coming to a people who are walking a difficult and painful path. 
Trito-Isaiah, or third Isaiah, speaks to an Israel that is back in the promised land after exile, people who must process what has been learned on the journey. This brief history helps us to remember where these prophetic words of comfort are situated. The people are still in the wilderness. They are still on a very difficult path, struggling up rocky mountain peaks, then down into boiling hot valleys. The idea of easy level walking is still just a dream. The people are weary. They feel like the little strength that they have is waning. They feel like grass drying out in the heat, like a flower that has passed its prime and barely hanging on to the stem. To them, Isaiah says that God is now looking upon them with gentle and hopeful eyes. Comfort, O comfort my people, says the Lord. Hold on and do not lose heart, for the way is about to get easier. It's an important word for people who are hurting. Over the past decade, one of the most frequent health challenges I have heard about as a pastor is knee replacement surgery. Some of you have had it done, and many of you have had not one knee replaced, but two knees replaced. And a remarkable number of you tell me the same thing. You say that getting prepared for the second knee replacement is much tougher than getting ready for the first. You have walked the journey of recovery through the first surgery, so you are not going blind into that second one. And the second one is tougher simply because you know what is coming. Isaiah, I believe, is speaking to a nation in that kind of moment. Israel had a history with journeys, two in particular. There was a journey out of Egypt, 40 years in the wilderness, often without enough food or water, wondering if the wandering would ever end. And then a more recent one that was like it, a forced march away from home, a journey pushed rudely east by the sharp end of Babylon's spear. These journeys lived in the memories of the people, so the journey home was kind of like that second surgery. They knew they wanted to go home, but the journey was daunting nonetheless. To these worried and weary people, Isaiah brings a word of comfort. God has heard their cries. God knows their pain. And it is all about to get better. The journey home will soon begin. The end of bondage is at hand. And the good news God promises is that the walk home will be much better than they think. The path back west through the desert will not be crooked but straight. The mountains to be climbed will not be high. The valleys to be walked will be neither dark nor scary. Instead, every valley shall be lifted up, and every mountain and hill be made low. The uneven ground shall become level, and the rough places a plain. This is the word spoken to us in Advent 
these weeks when we take honest stock of what is, what is, recognizing that much of what we see lies in darkness, but also laying claim to the hope that a better day is coming. I expect that the author Anne Lamont, the spiritual writer who has written some brutal truths both about the darkness of her early life and the light that God later streamed into that darkness. I think that Anne Lamott would likely say that this Advent moment, as we set our eyes on a journey home, is the perfect time for a blessing of traveling mercies. She first heard that term from the older members of her church. Whenever someone was going away for a while on some kind of journey, they would utter those words, traveling mercies. It was, Lamott says, a way of saying this, love the journey. God is with you. Come home safe and sound. Those blessings were spoken out of an awareness in that church that, to use Lamott's words, the world sometimes feels like the waiting room of the emergency ward. Because they realize that this is true for almost everyone, those church members also believed that, and I quote here, we who are more or less okay for now need to take the tenderest possible care of the more wounded people in the waiting room until the healer comes. So as their pastor described, they arrived at a simple but powerful Christian ethic in that church. You sit with people, she said. You bring them juice and graham crackers. That ethic of care and compassion in the emergency room waiting area, once it is embraced, I think can help us understand our own personal difficulties in a new and more hopeful light. In her book called Traveling Mercies, Lamott relates the experience of a woman named Carolyn Miss, a Christian mystic and best-selling author who was flying to Russia to offer a series of lectures. The journey was a disaster. Everything that could have gone wrong did. Flights got canceled, connections got missed, hotel reservations vanished into thin air. Ironically, she was scheduled to speak on healing in stressful situations, but after a few days of travel nightmare after travel nightmare, she realized that the stress had left her completely undone. And sitting on a train somewhere in the wilds of the former Soviet Union, she spilled her angry guts to the guy who was sitting right next to her. Now, as it turns out, that guy worked for the Dalai Lama. What are the odds, right? And he listened very patiently to her extended whining. And then finally, he told her what he believed. We believe, he said, that when lots of things start going wrong all at once, it is to protect something big and lovely that is trying to get itself born. And that this something needs for you to be distracted 
so that it can be born as perfectly as possible. And so into the chaos of living, to a people on a journey, to those who might be feeling tired or frustrated, like they're sitting in an emergency room waiting for help, but that they're still trying to hold on to Advent hope, Isaiah reminds us that God is busy preparing something big and something lovely that is about to be born. That if we find ourselves burdened or distracted or perturbed by events or people or things that just don't seem to be going right, that maybe, just maybe, this is what has to happen so that some really amazing and perfect thing can come into our lives. Maybe the road is rocky now, but just you wait. It is about to get a whole lot easier if you can just hold on and let God do God's thing in God's good time. I'll close with one more story from Anne Lamott because we're kind of on a roll with her. It is about a little girl, just seven years old, who somehow got lost walking home one day. And when she realized that she didn't know where she was, she began to panic. She started running up and down streets looking for any familiar signs, but nothing was registering. She finally plopped down on a bench and began to cry. And that's when a kindly policeman noticed her. And he invited her to come and climb into the passenger seat of his patrol car. And they just started driving around, looking for clues. And after about five minutes, she suddenly cried out, Wait! And the policeman pulled over and turned to look where the little girl was pointing. You can let me out now, she said happily. That is my church. And I can always find my way home from there. To anyone and everyone who is wandering, to anyone who feels lost in the emergency waiting room of life, the prophet Isaiah offers you traveling mercies. A blessing that even if the walking may be hard for you now, you will find your way home. And the rocky and uneven steps of your path are about to get a whole lot easier. So to you, Advent travelers, may the road rise up to meet you. May the wind be always at your back. May the sun shine warm upon your face and the rain fall soft upon your fields. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of his hand.